Welcome to the Become Revolutionary Show, where we pull back the curtain and talk to successful entrepreneurs and industry leaders about their journey to success, the process of entrepreneurship, and the adversity they've encountered along the way. With your hosts, Charlene and Noel, and their amazing guests from all over the globe, you will feel right at home and part of the entrepreneurial tribe while hearing about the ups, downs, curves, and missteps in these stories and how it all ultimately contributes to success in business and life. Join us now as entrepreneurs support other entrepreneurs. Stronger together, further, faster. Welcome, welcome to the Become Revolutionary show where we talk to you about how to get over those hurdles to become revolutionary in life and business. We're your hosts, Noelle and Charlene, and today we'll be talking about using your voice for good. That's right. And we're joined by Dr. Istahar Jamil, PhD. She's a number one international best-selling author of Money Makers and a media expert. She's appeared on Forbes, Fox TV, and TED discussing her mission to share women's voices without prejudice. She helps women to be the number one authority in their field and get featured on major media with proven and effective methods. She lives in California with her husband and children, and she loves baking and reading. Welcome, Istahar. Hello. Hello, 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 Charlene Noel and everybody to our listening. And thank you, thank you, thank you for having me today. And may peace be upon you. I'm so excited to be with you today. And I'm usually in the West Coast. But today I'm coming from the tropical Malaysia, where you can feel the vibe, the, the culture with my family, with my mom and my family. I haven't been back for, for almost three years because of COVID. But what a beautiful snapshot of my life to have this conversation here in Malaysia. Oh, it's such a gift. It's so cool. This is like the best part of the interview. And like, we can talk to anyone around the world and (laughs) just connect and have such meaningful conversations. And yeah, we invited you on just because you've been, you've lived a life. Holy have you ever. And you have so many beautiful stories that really highlight lessons learned and how to overcome adversity in really creative ways. And, and we've just really wanted to amplify that message here mm. and uh, and give space and honor to that. So why don't we open up and, and let our viewers in on who are you? What are you about? Uh, share with us a bit about the backstory, wherever it feels most comfortable for you to start. Absolutely. Thank you so much for the opportunity. And, you know, it, it all started, well, part of it started when my husband, Rizal, says, I got my dream job. Do you want to move to America? And I was like, okay, babe, let's do it. (laughs) So I left my job as a computer scientist with a PhD and my family in Malaysia. So you can imagine Rizal, myself, my four-year-old son, Abram, my baby girl, Nadra. We flew to Orange County, California. And not long after settling in, I stopped at Whole Foods, which is a really posh grocery store with my hijab like I always do and then there's this um as I'm looking for dates there's this another shopper middle-aged white guy says to me are you a Muslim and I said yes I am then he says well I have read the Quran 
and it says that killing in the name of Islam is permissible. Are you gonna blow yourself up? And I'm thinking, dude, to even read Arabic. <laughs> but I say, you know, like I'm doing my groceries, I've got young kids, I'm not gonna blow myself up. Then he says, if you're not a mom, are you gonna blow yourself up? And Charlene and Noel, I can just feel like everything in me just, just shaking with anxiety. I, my chest tightens, I couldn't breathe, so I had to leave. Then a few weeks after, my baby Nadra was having the worst tantrum ever. If you're moms, you know what I mean, like one of the tantrums. And then as soon as Riza comes out from work, I said, babe, look after her. I'm taking a shower. So I'm just washing my face when I hear bang, bang, bang. Come down now. There's police officers waiting for you. No. So I dried myself off, put on my hijab, pick up Nadra. I go downstairs and I see two police officers in full gear. Guns over their shoulders, fingers on the trigger. And he says, ma'am, your neighbor says there's a baby crying. Why is your baby crying? Well, she's a baby. <laughs> and then he checks her out. Nadra is even louder. But there's nothing wrong with her. So they leave. And now I'm, I'm too scared to even leave home. I couldn't leave home. I was too scared. So to cheer me up, Riza got me a present. An online course. So I can be an online coach and consultant. Which means I can work from anywhere and still be with the kids which is exactly what I want. I don't want to work at Google from nine to five. I want to be with my family and empower other women. So I study the course. And one of the things I have to do, I still remember that I had to go live on social media. So there I am, Mother's Day, 2018. I put on a pretty pink top, some makeup, a flora hijab. And just before hitting that live button for the first time, I think, yeah. yeah, people are going to think you're a terrorist. And I just say, God, just help me be brave. Such mm -hmm. on the camera, freeze again. Prayer, camera, freeze for 30 minutes. So I finally hit the live button. <laughs> I share my message. And then I just cry. Huh. Then I do it again. The next day and the next, and the next, and the next. It wasn't easy, but I persisted. And today, I'm a number one international best-selling author. I've been featured on Forbes, TED, TV, magazines. Hundreds of media have spoken to thousands of people around the world. No person should ever have to be afraid of who you are. Mm -hmm. And your unique voices should be heard on prestigious platforms around the world without prejudice. And that's why I'm here today. Wow, that is in inspiring, encouraging to, to everyone from everywhere, no matter what is holding you guys back, no matter what's holding us back, I can speak for Charlene and ourselves, that's incredibly inspiring. And 
I, I can't imagine having gone through that. So I just want to take a moment to, to honor like everything that you've, you've gone through and, and overcame in the process. So you take an online course. <laughs> you take an online that my course. husband bought. Yeah, that's awesome. First of all, I love that part of the story because yeah, yeah. it was like, no, you're amazing. And you have something share, to share with the world. So I'm going to support you in this way, which is amazing. And I've, I've been watching from the sidelines. I see him supporting you in other ways. And I think it's, it's totally cool. Um, so, so you go through this online course, like, did you start to create a community there? Did you start to feel this entrepreneurial spirit rising up in you? Like what, what kind of happened? Because you were working in computer science in Malaysia and then you weren't an entrepreneur is my understanding before that. So the, so as you're in that for the first time, like, were you kind of like, oh, I've always, this is, this isn't, um, raising something in me that's always been there or was it really scary for you? Or like, what was, what came up for you that when you got thrown into this online course? Yeah. I mean, like, oh my God, this online course, I think one of the thing is, it's a blessing as well, because it kind of made me focused on the victim mentality because I was so, so mm. sad. I was so depressed. I was getting sick. So it kind of focused me to have something to do, right? Something yeah. positive that I can do. I can learn and use my skill set. Um, before that, my husband and I, when we were in England, we had like a small business, like an organic delivery business where we deliver organic from produce to customer stores. And it came up because... I was pregnant with my first child and I wanted to eat healthy. So my husband and I came up with that as our own need that transcends into helping the community. So I had some background in that, but it was more of a delivery brick and mortar service kind of thing. But there's this online, right? So like everything can be me, like, and um, should, can I do it? Um, I have to be in front of people. Why can't they just come to me? And as I was sharing it with um, my best friend, um, I was telling her, look, this is what I'm going through. This is what I'm practicing or I'm learning. And my idea then was just, I just wanted to help moms to save money because that's something that I had learned myself. And my best friend was like, I need your help. Um, you know, I have five expenses. I need your help. I'm like, fantastic. Uh, we, we can do, I have a, I have a course putting together that I want to test out. And she's like, okay, let's do it. And then I told my best friend, but you're still going to pay me. Okay. Even though with best friend, you're still going to pay me. <laughs> and that's commitment. So she was like, okay. So my best friend became my first client because I shared my vision. I shared what I wanted to do. And then from that, it started off with me, like I said, sharing my voice on social media for the first mm -hmm. time ever on live. I hardly post on social media. I think my PhD professor posts more than me and he's older than me, but I hardly post. So it took a lot to put myself out there because becoming online means that you've got to have an online presence. And one of the ways to do that is social social media. So I just started off with helping my best friend. And then it went to helping the next woman, and then the next woman, and then the next mom, and then the next woman. Over the years, my business has grown to different niches, from teaching women to 
run the business or making sales and now organically throughout time where I am now is about women sharing their voices mm-hmm. and particularly on prestigious platforms um, and media whether it's TED whether it's Forbes whether it's magazine becoming a best-selling author that's where um, this is where I am this is where I feel like I fit in because I truly feel that our voice matters in every capacity, in every, in different kinds of platform. It can make a difference. That's what I believe in. Oh, and let's talk about that. Your voice matters. Where does that originate from? Like, is there, is there a story around that? That, yeah. Where does that originate yeah. from? Yeah. Um, it just started off off with um, coming to America. It was early on. My I just enrolled my son to his preschool. Um, one of those days, I just went to pick him up with my baby Nadraj. He was about a year old then. And as I'm picking him up from his classroom, from Mrs. Martinez's class, I wanted to go through a shortcut to the car park. Um, and to go through the shortcut, I passed through a dining hall. So the older kids were having their lunch. It was lunchtime then. So I passed through. And just before the door was right in front of me, Charlene and Noel, it's right in front of me. I just had to push it out. And then suddenly from behind me, I heard, hey, suicide bomber. And I just froze. Did someone actually call me that with my kids? Um, I think what hurts the most when they call my kids that name, you know, it's just you can see clearly I'm picking up my kids from school and then I just slowly turn around. Hundreds of eyeballs looked at me. Silence. Nobody said a word. Nobody. Nobody. And I just feel like crying. I feel like screaming. I feel like shouting. And one of the thoughts I had that I doubted myself, that I didn't hear it. I heard it, but I just started to doubt myself. And then I did the only thing I could do. I had all my kids with me. Let's go. Push the door, put them, put them in the car, sat in the driving seat, call my husband. Hey, babe, someone just called me a suicide bomber. And I cried. I don't know what I said to him. I don't know what he said to me. And then um, I texted Mrs. Martinez, a brass um, teacher. Hey, this is what happened. I don't know who, but this was what happened. And when I went back, a lot of emotions went through me. I need to pull out my kids from school. I need to be homeschooling him. Society is so bad. Um, I made a mistake coming to America. I need to go to the police. I need more. I need to go to the media. They're going to love this story. <laughs> uh, but something in me said to stay. Stay in that school. Don't do all of that. Just stay. It's going to be okay. So I stayed in the school. And then the first thing that um, happened when Mrs. Martinez see me the next day, she just came to me and just helped me and said, I'm so sorry for what happened. I told the principal I'm like okay she told the principal and I just like 
just do my everyday thing weeks or months after that suddenly as i'm picking up a bra from school park the car walk towards the classroom from the car park literally jump this lady jumped up from the car park shake her hand mrs jamil my name is this i'm the principal here at this school and i'm really sorry for what happened but i just want you to know that everything's been taken care of um that child isn't going to bother you anymore and i'm like what hmm? how did that happen and then she said that one of the friends of that particular child said to the teacher what this child said what his friend said isn't okay this is what this child said this is what his friend said it isn't okay so that's how the school and i don't even know this whole thing was happening behind me but just imagine that voice that's just one voice that said this is not okay yeah that child i've been praying for him for so long he made me feel safe he made my child felt safe he made a difference to my life um he just doesn't know how big of a difference that he made but the courage that he had to go over his friends and said yeah. this is not okay showed me that the truth will always be felt that justice will always be taken care of and it's not that child's fault who said that word it's not his fault either that he was he said that word or he had the preconceptions about right. me it's not his fault either but the but the courage that it takes for you to share your voice makes a difference and and I've like held that that voice voice in my heart for so long he's he's probably no more than 12 hmm. i don't know how old is he i've never met any of the children but he's probably no more than 12 years old his elementary school but if that child can make a difference and make me feel safe we had the best time at that school for the years that we stayed at that school we had the best time we always feel it never has it ever happened again so can you imagine walking to a school when you feel like you're going to be attacked or something like that we've never had that since that um particular incident ever again so i feel that your voice you just got to let it be heard mm-hmm. and that's why like i do what i do it takes women voices to be heard in any and every capacity that i can do and whatever platforms that we can tap into because just like that boy if that boy or that girl i don't i still don't even know uh whether it's a boy mm-hmm. or girl but the very least if it's being heard and it can make an impact and it will make an impact that's already my job done for in this life that is so amazing so there are many of us that feel like we have a calling on our lives that we need mm. to we have a purpose here i've also encountered many people um who feel like their voice isn't worthy. And so mm. I was wondering if you could speak to that person right now. Like they they don't, don't feel like they have anything to contribute to society that hasn't already been done or that perhaps their life is no different than their voice is no different than another's. So what would you say to that, Isdahar? 
Um, I would say that it's totally normal for them to feel that way. I still do feel that way. I still have that insecurity within me. But what I did then is I let that use that and let that just speak the word in whatever capacity that I can, whether it speak um, using, like for me, I would use uh, social media, I would speak to a friend or speak to a person. Mm-hmm. I think this unworthiness is like a whole tap into the root of like people cap the environment that we were in, right? Or the society or the culture right. um, that we're in. Like I've always been told as well as my culture, don't speak, right? So whatever the elders tell you, you just gotta follow. And then here I am now speaking my my voice. Like I had, it's still scary. No, um, Noel, it's still scary for me to speak my voice. It still is. I still have the insecurity. But I just practice saying one word. I just practice saying a line. I just practice saying it. Mm-hmm. And then I just like, for me, I just went to straight to social media, right? It's like a huge shift. Not that yeah. I recommend everybody to do that, but I just practice saying one line, one word. I just practice showing my face. When you, if you see my previous post, you would never see my face. You would see a face of a flower, a bug, a leaf, or a cat. You know, you would just see other, a waterfall. But I practice. It takes a lot to practice uh, because I feel that when you feel you're unworthy, actually it's something in you telling you you have something to say. It's actually the opposite. Wow. It's actually the opposite. Like you have something beautiful to say. And who cares if people are like it or not going to like it? Um, like I'll give you an example. My daughter, Nadra, um, she wrote a book of the girl who loves stories when she's six years old. And guess what? Her brother says to her, don't write it, don't it. You know what big brothers are like, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then she was like, no, I'm just going to do it. And she just did. So she kind of like shut him down and just went for it, went to share her voice because she loves ponies and she, one of her her dream is to have her own pony. And then guess what? Over the years, um, Nadra and I were like asking my son, Alba, do you want to write your book? I mean, he is older now. Do you want to write your book? No, 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 no. But then he starts to see how the impact that Nadra and I had on our books. We were on TV. Nadra actually been interviewed on TV as well, on Fox, on TV. She's been on speaking engagements. She's been on videos. So Oprah sees that. And then at one time, like I think it was last year, we went to a book retreat in California. And he was like, mommy. I want to write my book too. I'm like, really? Yeah. <laughs> so um, why? Because he was like, I see Nadra doing it. And she's <laughs> going places. And also because mommy, I want to buy a computer for my gaming. I'm like, okay. like. <laughs> okay. But, and then what's beautiful that happened in that retreat, Nadra actually coached a bra on how to write wow. his book. I love it. So it's just the impact of like you're sharing your voice your story if you just can see if people who feel that way can just see the possibility of impact that they can have to someone else 
just like that boy who said, this is not okay. Just like Nadra. I don't yeah. care. I'm going to write a book. I'm going to make money. I'm going to get my pony. Just, I want other little girls to see their dreams can come true. If you can just see their impact. And I feel that if you could just imagine it, why wouldn't you share a word? Yeah. Why wouldn't you just share a sentence? And if even not, if you say, you know what? I don't feel I'm worthy, right? Even yeah. if you just say, I don't feel I'm worthy. I don't feel I'm good enough to share this, but I hope it's going to help someone, which is this. Yeah. I and that's I powerful and brave. So pertinent to adults as well. If Nadra had listened to her brother or whoever else is in her environment, close to her, close to her, saying that's, that's stupid. Like, why would you do that? No one wants to read a book about ponies or whatever that came out of his mouth. I'm kind of putting words in his mouth here. But if she said, oh yeah, like that person's probably correct or he, my brother's right. Like no one's going to read this book. What's the point? Then not only would her book not be realized and her opportunities and her confidence grown and all of that stuff. But look who followed suit, right? The, the naysayer yes. was like, actually, that's kind of cool. I kind of want to, <laughs> I kind of want to go after that too. And so I think that is such a beautiful illustration on how, when we have something planted inside of us, even if those in our immediate environment don't respond to it right away, just don't mm-hmm. follow your yes forward because they will come around. <laughs> They'll all come around. Correct. Well, yeah. And the yes, mission exactly. was given to her to fulfill. She yeah. wants a pony. Mm. First off, I love that your children are like so focused. They're like, yeah, I see where this is going. Listen, <laughs> let's go. She's real close to that pony. But here's the thing too. You're empowering children and adults alike to have their voices heard. How cool is this, you guys? Uh, it, for children to know that their voice matters, what kind of adults are they going to be and what kind of children are they going to raise? That Mm. is generational, my friends. And Mm. I just love that. And you don't know what's going to happen with your ripple. Like my first book was written Mm. out of my, my father's death and it was to help children and families navigate grief with the healthy Mm -hmm. strategies I was using in childcare. I wrote yeah. that book because I could not find what I needed at the time. Everybody was speaking in analogies at that time about death. And I'm like, no, I just want to dish it straight to my daughter. I don't want to have yeah. that is my parenting style. So if I don't have a book, I'm going to write one my own. And mm-hmm. I did. And it poured out of me. And there was many times where I second guessed it, but I was like, somebody's going to need this. I'll never know. They, I've heard feedback from the book. Correct. And and you'll always hear feedback, but I really don't know the extent of that ripple, but I do know, I do know that when I put it in the hands of somebody who's really needed it because I had it to give, that that's made an impact in that moment. And that's what your voice does for other people. There's Mm -hmm. something inside of all of us that's been planted. It's up to us to understand what that is that we need to step into. And it's usually right on the other side of whatever scares us the most. And that's what I've realized. That's, that's a whole, whole nother walk, but you, you've just painted so many lessons in there. So in this process of going through all this and looking back, you know, like, what Mm -hmm. do you feel has been the lesson, the biggest lesson that comes out of all of this for you? Like if you could stamp it with one big one. Oh gosh. Um, not sure if there's like one big one because there's so many little ones that make like the whole thing. But I feel that it's the, exactly what you touch, um, Charlene, the ripple effect 
that you didn't even know that could be possible from me starting to share my voice um, or writing my book or going on TV to like my daughter seeing it and using that as her modality to share her voice, to make money, to get a pony to my son. Um, and then the rippling effect of my son. And now uh, next year, his classroom, because all the children in my son's classroom wants to be an author. And they told wow. the teacher, wow, Mrs. Wozniak. And Mrs. Wozniak was like, I have to ask a press mom. I'm like, okay. And so we come up with an idea that we're going to do an anthology for the whole classroom next year and take their voices out um you know and, and and take care of that that beautiful voice because then these children can see writing isn't just a pain right mm -hmm. they could see the impact that um it can have and you know the the things that i went through my social adversity it got me to interviews it got me to speak on the TED platform and then from the TED platform i got invited to speak here at the university here in front of this younger generation so it's just so beautiful the impact um it's just scary like when you want to share your voice it's just scary like i haven't told that story that i said about someone calling me a suicide bomber before it was i haven't like it, it has my son is now 11 mm. and it happened when he was in preschool it's still if i could just still feel it but then I've always had that strength in me. Like if I were just to share my voice, this could happen and look where it led me to overcoming my own social adversity, having the guts to share my voice. I mean, it takes balls to wear the hijab in America, doesn't it? It just takes <laughs> balls to wear the hijab in America. So if I, and then when I went on the tech talk, what I didn't realize was that the the overpowering response that I receive from my community mm -hmm. because it takes a lot to share what you share um, on, on mainstream to for people to see wearing the hijab an immigrant like I have an accent um, you know it's just different but for the community to like you know you just help us a lot in sharing um, your voice in sharing their message so even like on my TED talk, I still remember like after my talk, I had one of the longest and loudest standing ovation of the day. But that isn't the kill point. The kill point is after my talk, so many people came to me with tears in their eyes and said, you touch my heart. Mm -hmm. I wish my daughter is here to hear your story. Mm. She's like, even till today, Charlene Noah, I still get messages. My TikTok has been viewed like 60,000 times, 70,000 times. I still get that message that so beautiful, your message. I wish my daughter and my children could hear it for them to be proud of who they are, for them to, for people to be open and accepting of each other's differences. And I feel I could retire now, uh, which is, uh, yeah, I feel like nice. I could retire now. But then again, it it takes a lot to share your voice. And I've shared with Charlene Noel before our show today. I'm now in a moment where I am pausing or in recovery mode because I feel like all my ball crashed at the same time, which is so embarrassing and shameful and I'm just learning to pick myself 
back up again. But it's my responsibility because I didn't have, I didn't schedule in full recovery. Like I went to TED Talk straight after my birth and it was an intensive process. Yeah. When I was pregnant, I was always going, go, 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 go. I wrote my solo book in 72 hours, Money Makers. I was always on go, 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 go. I also wanted to share when you have a big dream, when you want to share your voice, schedule in proper recovery just like me because i'm like crash and burn like everything is crashing on my boys uh, on my balls i'm i've been seeing a lot of balls lately haven't i like it could be my next book it takes balls and one of it is going to be recovery you heard everybody right first time it takes balls my next book. <laughs> i love that you're sharing this though because it's so important and noelle and i have been through a few different seasons in our business to one recently where we all set the pause we call it pruning spring cleaning just lightening things up and recentering, right? Reflect and recenter. Where are we at in this journey right now? Where has our journey taken us? Because things grow in really unexpected ways. And even though it may be fruitful, yeah. is it still really aligned with what you want to do? Did you pause long enough? Because if you don't plan in those pauses, you're going to burn out. It is endurance. It is a long haul. And there's lots of cool things happening all the time because you're the vessel for it. But how can we honor ourselves, like you're saying, and schedule mm -hmm. in more frequent uh, refreshing moments, you know, where we can just kind of just sit with ourselves and uh, and not have to experience the pains of those burnouts. I saw something that was coming up for Noelle, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um... I don't remember. Oh, sorry. <laughs> okay. I do, I do have one quick one, though. I do have one quick one. Then Noelle's going to jump into a really fun game that we have. But um, you mentioned at the beginning, you know, like feeling worried about sharing your voice. You know, people are going to think you're a terrorist and stuff now uh, at that time. And then you had to move through that. Have you since like now that you're established and you've been doing this and you put yourself on a variety of platforms, really big platforms, have you experienced um, that, that kind of hater kind of energy? And if so, what's your response to it now? I think now I'm so much stronger in who I am and what I stand for. And also my energy has shifted. Then I was in the victim mode, right? So when you're in a victim mode, you open yourself up to vampires. So vampires who are just going to, you know, suck your energy below, just going to take advantage. So a majority of things that happened to me was almost at the same time because that was my vibration um, then. Um, but now I can see that, right? Like, you know, like taking care of myself, obviously uh, my inner world creates my outer world who I am standing strong. Um, there probably are vampires out there, but I know how to make them sparkle now. <laughs> like, just like, in, what is that movie that vampires sparkle when they hit the sunlight? Oh my God. Is it the Twilight. Oh, okay. Twilight. Oh, Twilight, yeah. When, the, yeah, when <laughs> Edward hits the sunlight, they, they sparkle. So I'm like the light that made them sparkle. <laughs> now, it's the, a shift in me. Like, I have, I, uh, there's no way I can fight preconception or judgment or change society. Maybe not in my lifetime, maybe not in my children's lifetime. 
but I can I can take care of myself. I can take care of my medicine. I can take care of my energy. And then the people that are around me that moves with me are the people like slowly, just like Charlene, you were saying, like in alignment with you, yeah. right? People yeah. who's gonna be look, I don't have many friends, okay? Like my true, true friends, I don't have a lot. I don't it's kind of the opposite that you should have more friends. I do, over the years, I don't have that many friends. Like the people who matters the most to me are the people who stays with me. Some people just there for that moment. Some people are uh, longer. Uh, but it's just who I am now. And look, I pray that nobody ever experienced it. That, that is actually, Charlene, one of the questions that got asked to me by one of the students at the university. I'm like, God, I pray like you would never feel it or experience it. I pray that my children, myself, would, wouldn't have to experience it again because it takes a lot of everything that you've got to bounce back when that happens. So now that I'm more confident in who I am, I know who I am. Yes, heck yeah, I'll wear the hijab. I'll wear colorful hijab. Like, you know, this is like who I am. Like the more I own to it and um, smiling, the laughter, the light that I bring in, it just changes um, everything. And obviously now I know how to respond better to certain preconceptions and certain judgments. I know how to... I, I have a bigger padding now that I wouldn't be so affected or like uh, feel such a victimized um, that I can bounce uh, myself back up again. So I, I feel like all those things that I have learned has given me the opportunity to, as a gift and a blessing, for me to create something beautiful, something positive, um, to take care of women just like you, take care of of young voices um, to to have the courage to be who they more importantly is to the courage to be themselves to be proud of who they are their identity their roots their heritage and then also to be open and accepting of each other's differences I mean just think about it this way Charlene and Noah if America is all about burgers and fries I think it would be really boring but then we had this samosa and biryani and and then this Korean kimchi thing and then this Malaysian satay. It just, oh my God, like uh, it's just so much flavor, so much color. It's an experience. Um, that's what I feel. So hopefully that is of value to everybody that is listening. I'm still learning. I'm still taking the pause and the recovery. I think of myself as the Tom Brady. Right, so Tom Brady wouldn't last where he is now at 44, however years old he is, without proper recovery and the best team to support him. Usually the lifespan of any high-performance play is about two, three years maximum because it's such an intense sport. Um, so I think myself as, as the Serena Williams and Tom Brady, like scheduling proper recovery, have the best team, have a strong mindset. I may not be an, a paid Olympian, but I am an, a gold medalist in my field and in, in what I do. Yeah, you are. Yeah. And what is the thing you always say? I am a hot property. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm a hot property. Thank you, Noah, for reminding me that. 
I do remember what my question was when Charlene kind of put me on the spot there. I was wondering <laughs> what your, where you think you would be today. You know how we were talking about like, if your daughter didn't go after the book, like what, I wonder what she would be doing, right? Like, would she just always be dreaming about that book? Like, where do you think you'd be today had you not continued to say yes in pursuing your own voice? Oh, probably be in Google or Facebook. I've worked with Google uh, before, uh, with IBM, I've worked with them oh, before. Okay. Probably, <laughs> yeah, literally. Because okay, my yeah, background is in <laughs> academia, right? So probably doing research or go back to something that I'm... That's what I'm trained for. That's where my background is. That's where I'm right. trusted. That's where a lot of my networks are. Um, but whether I can be as creative, like my biggest value is freedom. That's my biggest value. Freedom yeah. of time, money, choice, physicality, yeah. freedom of my voice. That's my biggest value. And I try a lot when I have freedom, like I want to do this, this and this, or I like, you know, like, this this moment this summer i'm just gonna take a pause and i'm just gonna do the things that are one thing at the time because i don't think physically or mentally i could handle it so um I, that's that's the freedom that um i crave and surprisingly i've been sleeping a lot when my baby takes a nap i take a nap when he sleeps i sleep so i'm like you know kind of like regenerating that that part of me um and if you're moms you know to take a nap or sleeping is a luxury for you to have it that really extra uh, well, <laughs> same with right. being able to read full chapters again after you have you take a shower you want to put your mask on you want to wash <laughs> your hair you want to shave a little bit right but you know you've got like that little bit of pruning time going on that is have usually been uh, discarded but I feel like I was able to kind of slowly bring everything back to me and one of my intentions coming back to Malaysia is just I want to be with my family because like since I've been away from home for many many years many many years every time my grandma mommy always set me at the airport always always so she passed away a few months ago so, and she's not going to be sending me off to the airport now. And then I started to think, this happens to me all the time. Who else am I not going to be seeing next? Right. Who else? Because by the time I find out about things and book my flight, I usually can't make it on time. And then over here, they don't wait. If you passed away in the morning, you get buried the same day. If you passed away in the evening, you get buried in the morning. So I just want to be with my family and sleep and be with my family because I don't know who else am I not going to be seeing. I don't know. So it's just important for those of you who, because I live far away from my family. It takes me two days to get back here. And that just... It's okay to take a pause. The money and everything, God is going to take care of me and my provision. Yeah. As long as I take care of what's important for me, God is going to take care of me. He's the ultimate provider. He's the most mm -hmm. generous. He's going to take care of me. And I know that that's, uh, I've already planned a lot of things happening in my business, like 
what we just like Charlene Young said, what's really in alignment of the plan things that are really in alignment with me. There's only three things I want to focus on for the rest of the year and the beginning of next year. It's only three things that I want to do. And that's the only thing that I want to do. And the people, the people that I have, uh, have. I'm so sorry. It's just, no, I know with me, sometimes sense. you laugh, sometimes you cry, sometimes you laugh. Yeah. I don't even know what this woman is talking about. But like I said, I'm a hot property. <laughs> no, and I no. This is really important because it's you know important. what? It's a this powerful journey, message. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Powerful message because this journey is not all sunshine and roses. And let's just cut cut the crap, right? It's not sunshine and roses. You're not always happy. There's stuff that goes on. There's things that happen. There's people that pass away. This is real stuff, and mm-hmm. you do need to hit the pause buttons. But you're right. You will. Be taken care of your family will be taken care of your projects will thrive because you honored yourself with this time because you honored yourself. it's not it's here because you need to sit with it right now and that's not comfortable while the world's still going on especially for us fast-paced people we do not Correct. like to slow down <laughs> yeah. that is terrifying to us but we must we must catch our breath so we can come back stronger and more vibrant moving forward and help even more people. But in that, we've got to find our own recovery too. So yay you. I say that's a pruning of a tree. We said that before we hit record on this show today. It's like you yeah. you prune the tree and then it bears more fruit. More right? fruit. And so we have to let go of things and see what needs to be trimmed back. So yeah. And build your legacy through your voice. Mm-hmm. So your grandma got to know that you spoke your voice not only that but that you impacted so many people and how cool that she got to witness you live a life well lived like that and now you're getting to demonstrate that for your children because you said yes to yourself yes absolutely and thank you for that thank you for like giving the space for my grandma and you know she's a legend and I'm the granddaughter of a legend right the things that she's gone through um, it's just um, incredible. My grandma is a stay-at-home housewife, um, but she loves nice things and she loves money. So she, like, whenever she wants nice things, my grandpa, so IG would always give her a set amount of allowance every month. So if she wanted anything more, she had to figure it out herself. And she figured it out herself. She bought her own car. She traveled on her own money. She would, she basically used her skill set of whatever that she has, whether it's sewing, baking, cooking, crafts, whatever it is, to to make to to have her dreams. And then Charlene and I see a lot of women were like, "No, I don't think I can do it. I don't have the money." And I'm like, "Mommy did it. She's not even highly educated, but she <laughs> figured it out." Yeah, there you go. And then, and then, and, then, and then women were like, I, "I'm not a writer. I can't write a book." Nadra wrote a book at six years old. She can't even spell that. <laughs> it just shows that you know there is like it's just the the preconception that people yeah. have about themselves that's stopping them in the way. So I hope that it's going to bring light and um, value to people that actually the ones that are in the way is yourself more yeah. than anything else. Well, let's let people connect with you. If they want to step into their voice and they're like, yes, I need to connect with Dr. Istahar Jamil, how can they get to you? Yes, yes, yes. So go to my website, isdiharjamil.com. And you can find my email there, um, isdiharjamil.com. I'm also on social media at 
I M D R Ishtihata Mills. So I'm on Insta, I'm on Twitter, I'm on LinkedIn, I'm on Facebook at I M D R Ishtihata Mills. I would love to hear from you. Amazing. Thank you. Well, Izdahar, it has been a pleasure. One more thing before we go. We do end each episode with a round of rapid fire questions so our audience and us can get to know you a little bit more. Okay. <laughs> Are you ready? <laughs> Let's go for it. It's like one of those Ellen games, right? Like Ellen yeah. because she likes to have the games, like she's yeah. gonna have <laughs> I love it. <laughs> awesome. Okay, here we go. Summer or winter? Summer. How do you start your day? Prayer. Mm -hmm. Who is your inspiration and why? Mommy, my grandma, because she's, she never gives up and she creates the life that she wants exactly how she wants it. That's amazing. I don't think that uh, my grandmother always said the apple doesn't fall very far from the tree, meaning that, you know, we have, we carry the same gene. So I can see that with you and your grandma. <laughs> <laughs> yes. um, which subject were you the worst at at school? Oh, oh dear God, chemistry. <laughs> my mom's a chemistry teacher. And it didn't look good for That's her funny. when I failed the chemistry subject that I had to go to a special class because I was so bad at it that I literally whenever I do experiment would just blow things up so chemistry okay and your best my best was um biology and actually Islamic studies so I was really good on those two okay what scares you snakes Snakes. I just don't like creepy like snakes and spiders. I just don't like like scares me um, um, a lot. Yes, I understand that. <laughs> <laughs> what advice would you give your young self? Uh, what advice do what I give uh, your young self is you're loved. Hmm. You're always loved. Hmm. And is Zahar, what is your guilty pleasure? Oh, my <laughs> guilty pleasure. Oh, I like to read. Uh, I like to read books, and sometimes I read naughty books. Oh. <laughs> like Nora Roberts? Are you a Nora Roberts fan? Yeah, that kind of thing. Uh, but but more now, I like into like the seal kind of like thing. Like I like the the how they think, how they act, and then suddenly they fall in love. Like this tough guy, alpha guy, suddenly fall in love. So I like that part. I, I, like my movies, my guilty pleasure of movies is actually action packed. I okay. love the action-packed um, kind of um, movies um, and um and my, the other guilty pleasure that I was introduced for um, to my recent birthday by um, the people that are in a mastermind with me was that they taught me how to drink virgin cocktails. And I was like, <laughs> dear God, no, I'm going to be sinning, you know, I can't have alcohol. You better take me to the bar. <laughs> like, can you imagine, like, each other and women, like, going to the bar and sitting <laughs> at the bar. <laughs> I literally was... Like, no, 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 you're gonna drink coffee. No, 
virgin, like virgin, like virgin, like, you know, basically it doesn't have any alcohol, right? But mm. they just make the juices and I, yeah. all the time I feel like I was sinning. But then they asked me, like, <laughs> do you want another glass? Absolutely. Give me another glass. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. It's just a mixture of juices, you know, yeah. but they make it so fancy. Yeah. And I, I've only tried mm. once, but I feel like if you find the right what do you call it? The mixer, the mixology, the, yeah. the guy who mixes the drink, right? Bartender, I think if bartender. I were to, yeah, if I find the right person that makes the perfect one, I think it's gonna be amazing. That's so a it's like danger. now, yeah, I know. Like, <laughs> like, that's one of my guilty pleasure. Like, uh, did I just like have a virgin cocktail like ever <laughs> in my life? And then it, it, it was so. Those are my kind of like guilty pleasure, like action-packed movies. I like where things, um, the, 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 it's not just about the blowing up stuff, but it's actually the guts that the hero takes, right? That when they're like being beaten up and then they get back up again, yeah. that's the moment that, that I like. And then the guilty yeah. pleasures of opening the myself comeback. up to new experience. Exactly. That's right. I love, <laughs> I love the comeback um of it and that was that guy who was it like jason stratham i think like jason stratham right he's in a lot of action-packed movies he he always has that the same kind of storyline but i still get hooked in um <laughs> watching it <laughs> oh it's super fun perfect well thank you so much for coming on today we are yes. so blessed and honored that you shared your story with us you know, the people who are out there casting stones are not the people getting scarred up and in the ring and taking the shots. They're going to make the difference in life. But you are one of those people and you're one of those bright shining stars that we just really want to share with others so that people know that, you know what, you can do it. If I can do it, you can do it. And, um, and you are just such a beautiful example of that. So thank you. Thank you for your yes. Thank, thank you for your courage. Thank you for coming here today. And remember, friends, we're stronger together. We go further faster. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of the Become Revolutionary Show. If you're enjoying what you've heard, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. This helps others find the show, and we greatly appreciate it. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you in the next episode of the Become Revolutionary Show.